Hi everybody, my name is Joey Fight from thephysicaleducator.com. Welcome back to the Phys Ed Show podcast. In today's episode, I'm going to be breaking down and showcasing a cooperative learning method known as Jigsaw Learning. This is a method that was first introduced to me by Ash Casey and Vicky Goodyear back in like 2011, and one that I've used in a variety of different ways ever since then. That said, my grade 3 students had a ton of fun with Jigsaw Learning during one of our parkour lessons this week. Yes, that's right parkour. So I thought it would be really fun to go over the system with you here. But before we jump into that though, let me talk to you about today's sponsor. So today's episode of the Phys Ed Show podcast is brought to you by Phys Ed U, my online training academy for physical educators. I've been leading professional development for physical educators for a decade now, and over the years, I've developed a wide range of workshops and sessions that focus on a variety of physical education topics. Phys Ed U is where I'm going to be making those trainings available online so that anyone, anywhere, can access them. If you go to u.thephysicaleducator.com, that's the letter u.thephysicaleducator.com, you will find my course on standards-based instructional design. In it, you will learn the step-by-step backwards design process that I use to design standards-based units and lessons for my physical education program. This includes everything from unpacking the standards and outcomes to building powerful assessment tools to designing purposeful games and learning activities for your students. Each Phys Ed U course gives you access to additional learning materials, a student workbook to help you put these new skills into action, and a comment section where you can ask me or your fellow students questions that will help you dive deeper into your professional learning. Until the end of February 2020, you can use the Showtime 2020 code to save $20 off of your registration. If you have any questions whatsoever, be sure to hit me up on Twitter or via the contact page on physicaleducator.com. I would love to have you join PhysEdU and be a student in one of the courses. Okay, so enough with the sponsor stuff. Back to the episode. One of the things I learned from hosting last year's season of PE Chat, which focused entirely on the Daniel Sin framework for teacher evaluation, was that we should always be working towards putting our students in the driver's seat of their own learning. It can be really tricky to design lessons and instruction that not only keep students engaged in their learning, but that really helps create the shift from a teacher-centered experience to a student-centered one. I know that this is something that I've definitely struggled with in my own teaching, especially in lessons and units that are very content-heavy, in which I feel like I really need to be guiding my students through the learning step-by-step to ensure that it's all being properly introduced. In those situations, I found that the jigsaw method can really go a long way in setting up a lesson structure in which I feel that I can remove myself from the equation a bit, all while still having my students highly engaged and taking ownership of both their classmates' learning as well as their own. Okay, so what is jigsaw learning anyways? Well, jigsaw learning is a cooperative learning strategy that was developed by Elliot Aronson in the early 1970s. The power of Jigsaw is that it's designed to have every student play an active role in the learning process by requiring that each student becomes an expert in one piece of the overall learning goal. It's only by bringing their collective knowledge together that students can experience the full picture of the lesson's learning. Here's how it works. First of all, the teacher divides a class into four to six person groups. These original groupings can be referred to as the student's home groups or Jigsaw groups. Next, each student within a jigsaw group is assigned a number from 1 to x, where x is the total amount of students in that group. 
A student's number represents their expert group. So, for example, let's say the teacher divides a class into four groups of four students and assigns a penny color to each group: red, blue, green, and yellow. Then, within each jigsaw group, the teacher numbers the students one to four. When the students are with the other students wearing the same color penny as them, they are in their jigsaw groups. However, the teacher will later ask the students to group up with the other students who have the same number as them. So all of the ones get together, all the twos, and so on and so forth. When students are grouped up with others who have the same number as them, they are in their expert groups. In these situations, each expert group would be composed of one player from the red team, one from blue, one from green, and one from yellow. Okay, so now that we understand how the jigsaw groups and expert groups work, let's get into the actual content chunks. Prior to the lesson, the teacher would have broken down the lesson content into four smaller chunks. A chunk could be a skill, a concept, a tactic, or a task. What's really important is that these chunks are all related to each other and to the lesson's learning target. After the teacher assigns each student to their jigsaw group, they will then invite students to get into their expert groups and assign one of the learning chunks to each expert group. Students within an expert group are responsible for exploring the content chunk that was assigned to them as a group. They will have time to review it, try it out, test it, take notes. Whatever they need to do in order to feel confident that they have mastered the content, or at least learned it well enough that they feel confident being able to teach it to others. After a predetermined amount of time, students return to their jigsaw groups, and once in those groups, each expert takes a turn teaching the learning chunk that they were assigned to with the rest of their expert group to their teammates in their jigsaw group. This way, each jigsaw group gets to be introduced to all the lesson's chunks, and each student. Gets to play an active role both in the learning of others and in their own. It all comes together just like a jigsaw puzzle. Now, aside from being really fun, the jigsaw method benefits students in a variety of ways. First of all, students are directly engaged with the material instead of passively having the material presented to them. This helps create that shift from the lesson being teacher-centric to being student-centric, and supports deeper learning on the student's behalf. As students learn content chunks with their expert groups, they get to practice self-teaching skills and other habits of mind that will serve them throughout their lifetime. One of the most beautiful things that have emerged from my jigsaw lessons is seeing how every student approaches learning in their own way. The peer teaching aspect of jigsaw learning also holds students accountable to others. The weight of responsibility and knowing that you will need to know the content well enough to teach it to others goes a long way in helping students stay on task and motivated as they learn in their expert groups. But what I love most about the jigsaw method is how its design provides every student with an opportunity to have their voice heard and to feel that they are an essential contributor to their group. This not only supports cooperation and active learning. But it also supports a learning environment where everyone feels valued. So, as I mentioned earlier, I've used the jigsaw method in a variety of ways in my teaching. I also want to acknowledge that other physical education teachers have done an amazing job of sharing their experiences in jigsaw learning. So, be sure to check out the show notes for more examples of how jigsaw has been used in PE. That said, I was really excited about how my recent parkour lesson went, so I figured I could take some time here just breaking it down for you. So my grade three students are currently in their parkour unit. The grade level outcome that they're working towards is that the students are able to perform a sequence of locomotor skills, transitioning from one skill to another smoothly and without hesitation. After unpacking that outcome, the unit level learning goal I created for this unit's learning roadmap was the following: 
I can perform a challenging parkour sequence that flows. To breathe some parkour into this unit and to not just have it be about different locomotor skills, I focus on helping my students master two sets of skills, precision jumps and parkour vaults. So for the vaults, I decide to focus on four different types, safety vaults, lazy vaults, speed vaults, and Kong vaults. Here's where things got tricky. Because of the schedule, I couldn't spend four lessons on parkour vaults alone. I wanted to try to have them all be introduced in one lesson and then let my students decide which ones they would eventually like to include in their parkour sequences. Also, I didn't want to have this super teacher-heavy lesson in which I break down one vault at a time, I have my students practice it, and then I move on to the next vault. I want to make this lesson as engaging as possible, all while helping my students dive deep into their understanding of the vault skills. So I decided to jigsaw the lesson. Here's how it looked. First of all, there was a lot of work that happened behind the scenes. My first task was to break the lesson's learning into smaller chunks. For this lesson, I decided I wanted to have four content chunks, with each chunk built around one of the four vaults my students were going to explore. The first thing I did was prep the learning materials for the expert groups. In this case, I decided to flip the lesson a little by creating a set of four video stations that would introduce the different vaults. Each expert group would be assigned to one station where they would get to work towards mastering that station's vault. Here's how I prepped those videos. So during my research I did on parkour when I was prepping for this unit, I, I came across a YouTube channel called Ronnie Street Stunts. I'll include the link in the show notes. On the channel, I found a video titled 10 Parkour Vaults for Beginners, which seemed like an appropriate place to start. As I went through the video, I decided to select four of the vaults that were introduced in it that I knew were going to be appropriate for my grade three students. I also took note, for, so the video is broken down into 10 different segments, and I took note of the start and end times for each segment um, so that I knew when that vault was being introduced and spoken on. I then downloaded the video using a YouTube downloader web app, which I really don't want to link to here because, first of all, you're really not supposed to do that. And the second thing is that the one I was using is like super sketchy. There's like a trillion pop-ups that happen and then you have to click through them like eight different times until you finally get to the download screen. I'm sure somebody else who's listening to this has a YouTube downloader that is not as sketchy. I've just been using the same one for like 10 years, so I'm stuck with it. Anyways, so once I had the video downloaded to my desktop, I then used QuickTime to trim the video using the start and end times that I'd written down earlier when I was watching the video and taking notes. I repeated this process until I had four short videos, each one containing only the segment of the vault I want my students to explore. I then uploaded those four videos to my school Google Drive and set the sharing settings to anyone with the link can view so that anybody with the link would be able to watch the video. Once those sharing settings were set up, I copied each video's URL to my clipboard. I use an app called Paste, which lets me save, rename, and access tons of items in my clipboard. It's super handy. Anyways, with the copied URLs, I then went over to the QR code generator, which is what I use to create QR codes online, and I made a QR code that linked to each one of the four videos. So I had four codes in total by the end of this. Then jumping over into Keynote, I quickly made a quick card template that I could place at each expert station and that made it super simple to know which code was which. I pasted the appropriate QR code into the card template and then I printed them out, I cut them up, and they were good to go for the stations. So once I had all four of the vault stations in my gym, I then placed the card template with an iPad on a bucket by the station so that they were ready and waiting for the expert groups when they showed up. 
So speaking of the experts, I also made a resource for them to help guide the students' self-teaching when they were in their expert groups and to help give them confidence when they had to go back to their jigsaw groups to teach the vault. I made an expert card resource that would be handed out to each student in the class. The expert cards were pretty simple as they contain only four sections. A place for a student's name, a box for notes on safety considerations, a section that invited them to identify up to five essential keys for performing the vault, and a final section for any other notes they may want to jot down while learning in their expert groups. For peer teaching to be effective, especially in the younger grades, we really need to help our students build up both their capacity and their confidence as teachers. The goal of the expert card was really just to help kids feel like they knew what to say once they got back to their jigsaw groups. And to be honest, not every kid wound up using their expert card when they were teaching, but a lot of them did rely heavily on their card as they were teaching and just it gave them that extra little boost that they needed. So with those resources prepped and ready to go, I then had to design both my jigsaw groups and my expert groups. Personally, I find that being intentional during this step of the planning process really goes a long way in setting students up for success when using the jigsaw method. So for example, I wanted my jigsaw groups to be varied in terms of the overall skill levels of the students within them. Having that student who usually struggles with new skills in class suddenly have more expertise than their peers goes a long way in creating a positive experience for them in this lesson. That being said, not all vaults are created equal. Of the four vaults I selected, there were definitely different degrees of difficulty between them. As I decided on my expert groups, I purposely planned to assign students to vaults that I felt that they would be comfortable with. For example, I didn't place any students who'd been having a harder time with the parkour skills we'd been exploring in class to the vault that, was, that I deemed to be the most challenging, which was the Kong vault. Listen, I'm sure there are pros and cons to every student grouping method in jigsaw learning scenarios, but this is what I felt would work best for my students. And to be honest, it really did. Everybody felt really comfortable. Everybody was on task. Everybody was super engaged and motivated in their learning. So with all the planning completed, we were ready for the lesson. I started the lesson off with a round of on the lines, off the lines as our warm-up activity. Again, I'll, I'll include the video for that in the uh, show notes. I like this game in this unit because it encourages a lot of movement and it lets students practice jumping from line to line and putting into practice what we learned about precision jumps. It has students leaping over lines and most importantly, it gets them moving with flow. So following our warm-up, we went over the what, why, how for the lesson so that students were clear on our learning targets for the day. From there, I introduced how jigsaw learning would work in today's lessons and broke the students off into their jigsaw groups and distributed the expert cards and pencils. Once all of this was set up, I invited the students to break off into their expert groups and told them that they would have 15 minutes to see their vault in action, review its technique, reflect on safety considerations, and practice it with their expert group teammates. As the experts practiced their skills, I walked around the gym and worked with one group at a time. The hardest part here was remembering that the students were driving this lesson and to not intervene to the point where I was taking over from their learning. Uh, so I provided feedback, I answered some questions, I did my best to let the students really grapple with the content chunks. Really, I just tried to stay out of their way as much as possible and only really jump in and support when needed. After the time was up, the students got back to their jigsaw groups. I then informed them that they would each be taking a turn playing the role of the expert and would have five minutes to break down their vault for their teammates and provide their teammates with feedback as they practice their vault. 
After their five minutes were up, the next student in the group got to take their turn being the expert and teach their vault to the rest of the group. And this whole process repeated itself until all of the students had had a turn to teach their vault. As the students practiced in their jigsaw groups, I walked around paying attention to how things were being introduced, again, only jumping in when I really felt that it was needed, but I also took some time adding more obstacles and vaults in the gym. Once every student had had a turn being the expert in the group and all four vaults had been introduced to every jigsaw group, the class then had some free running time in which they got to explore the new obstacles, moving around with flow, and putting into practice these four new vault skills that they had just learned. So using the jigsaw method in this lesson had every student engage in their learning and accountable for their classmates' learning. I was blown away at the quality of their instruction and their deeper understanding of the vault techniques. Not only was there an increase in cooperation in the lesson, but I was also really freed up to work with any students who were really having a harder time with some of the vaults um, while still feeling confident that the learning targets for the lesson were being met. So, as you can tell, jigsaw learning can require a lot more work up front on the teacher's behalf. However, that work is definitely worth the investment in time and effort as it just helps create this effective, meaningful, and fun learning experience for all of your students. Every student gets to feel engaged, gets to feel valued, gets to feel like they're, they're competent and they're confident when it comes to these skills, and it just creates this really, truly positive place for all of these kids to be. So that's it for me today. I hope you enjoyed this episode of the Phys Ed Show podcast. If you did, I'd so appreciate you taking the time to go rate the show on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcast from. Recommending the show to a colleague or friend also goes a long way in terms of helping this thing grow. Make sure you don't miss out on the show notes for this episode. I'll drop a link in the episode description, but you can always find them over on the blog at thephysicaleducator.com slash blog. Remember to take advantage of the Showtime 2020 promo code before February 29th when you sign up for my Phys Ed U course on standards-based instructional design. If you thought this episode was informative, if you like the format of this content I'm creating, there is a lot more learning waiting for you there. Once again, my name is Joey Fight from thephysicaleducator.com. Thank you so much for tuning in to this episode of the Phys Ed Show podcast. Happy teaching. Thank you.